Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Week one is here. It is time to talk about our best bets. And with me to do that is a uh, fellow investor, what I will say, in a Nick Sirianni Coach of the Year ticket. That's Sean Green, the co-founder of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Find him at Twitter at Sean T. Green, that's S-E-A-N. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks to be back on the show. And yes, I, I'm so glad you are all over the Nick Sirianni Coach of the Year prop as well, because everyone says, Sean, you're an Eagles fan. It's blind homerism. But then when I have plays that are pro Eagles, which I am a blind homer at times, uh, that people, people don't believe me. But you laid out the case uh, very well, I think, in the chat or, or when we were going back and forth. Yep. When you're looking for yep. coach of the year, first year coaches really have an advantage because it's all about exceeding expectations. That narrative Eagles are coming off a four win season. So if they can get to nine, 10, even 11 wins coach of the year. And I think when we were, uh, when I got down on it, it was 50 to one. I think he may have dropped to like 35 to one. Oh yeah. I think I was 35 to one when I took a weird, by the way, what we were talking about is we were both in an FSGA prop uh, league where you yes. basically draft prop bets. And that was my first one. And I did win it by a, a few, uh, you know, <laughs> dozen thousand dollars last year. But yeah, we were talking about that. We both liked that bet. And Sean messaged me afterwards, his actual ticket on that bet. Yes. So yes, I didn't, I didn't you. get it. You snaked me in the, uh, in the draft yes. on it. Cause I, I thought I'd be able to wait on it. And I was yeah. thinking it was just more of a Homer angle, but no. the, the, the Eagles to win the division is like five to one. If Nick Sirianni comes in and takes yeah. his team to win the NFC East, it just seems priced uh, incorrectly there. And a lot of the, I think it's like four to the last six were rookie head coaches. So fun times on that one. Yeah. You can definitely make a profit on coach of the year bets, which we will talk about on our separate new podcast. Sean and I will be launching Nick Sirianni coach of the year all day, every day, but <laughs> for this one, we're to get behind him. <laughs> Let's do it, man. At this point though, we are actually going to be talking about week one, our three best bets of the weekend each. Now, what was funny is we did not talk about these before selecting them. And right before I said, Sean, you know, we haven't talked this through. Do you want to maybe throw it out? So we know whether or not we're going to double up. And my my worry uh, was confirmed that we both had one overlapping bet. So I will choose something different for it. I will let Sean explain. But it was my favorite bet of the weekend, Sean. So we'll go through that. And then we will just go through the remaining games just very quickly, whether we have a lean or feel on it, just in terms of the spread. Again, one of my picks is an over-under, so we can talk about that. But again, let me get some very quick housekeeping out of the way before we dive into it. First, the Betting Pros podcast is now going to be three times per week. On Monday, I'm going to record uh, an episode with a guest talking about the lines, an early look at the next week's lines, and see whether or not we think there's any value that we could uh, make now, what we expect the lines to do. On Wednesday, is going to be our standing college football podcast with Joe Pizzapia and Scott Bogman. You should have already heard that as well. That's going to be every Wednesday. And then Thursday, we are recording this Wednesday, but usually on Thursdays will be this podcast. I will have a rotating guest. Hopefully, Sean will grace us with his appearance a couple more times, and we'll be breaking down each of our three best bets of the week. Second, we are doing a giveaway. It is assigned to a Tonga Vailoa jersey. Entry is very simple. Just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to bettingpros.com slash review. It's a different URL to sign bettingpros.com slash review. That is it. It is very simple. Also, if you want to triple your entries, all you got to do is be subscribed to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros. And also, if you are, that's good because we do a Sunday morning live stream over there 
from 11 to 12. Me and Matt Peralt breaking down the games. I will be giving out my favorite props, which I come up with because I do projections for every fantasy relevant player each and every week. So I find the most value there. Again, that's 11 to 12 Eastern at youtube.com slash betting pros. All right, I've talked a ton. Sean, let's get into it. Uh, Remember, we have consensus lines over at bettingpros.com. That's where I'll be looking. But obviously, they give you a lot of different books. So you can check out what you like, what you don't, which one is favorable. Sean, uh, also, we have our app, by the way. Sorry, I want to mention that. Betting Pros app. It's awesome. You make picks right in the app. You see yourself on a leaderboard. You can you know, look at everybody and how everything is doing, the percentage of experts that are picking a bet. I'm done, Sean. Go. I'll stop talking. Please. <laughs> your first pick, sir. What will it well, be? Well, let, let's bet? let's knock this one out of the uh, out of the way here. We were both on the Seattle Seahawks lane two and a half at the Indianapolis Colts. Again, I, I went through the Carson Wentz saga last year, and now Carson Wentz on a new team. Didn't have much of a preseason. Didn't have much of a training camp. Sure. He has the rapport with Frank Reich, but I think that foot injury was a, a big issue for him and, and just not being able to connect with the receivers. T.Y. Hilton uh, is out. And and it's not just, uh, you know, Wentz's injuries, really why I'm taking this. And normally I'm not a guy who likes to, you know, a, a non-conference road favorite danger spot, but I think the injuries surrounding the offensive line for the Colts are really really going to be an issue. Uh, Quentin Nelson, all pro. He didn't practice Wednesday. He's dealing with a back injury that's flared. He's been on the COVID list. He also had this similar foot injury that Carson Wentz had. Xavier Rhodes, he didn't practice as well. He's day-to-day with a calf injury. I think that's going to be a big issue, especially when you talk about guarding DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in this new Shane Waldron offense, which really could be an issue. And then lastly, left tackle. It's really, they they very well could be down to their third string left tackle for the Colts. Anthony Costanza retired. Eric Fisher seemed like the guy that was supposed to replace him. He's coming off an Achilles injury, a late Achilles injury. He was just on the COVID list. He's coming off the COVID list uh, today. There's a chance he starts, but again, not much of a camp. I can't imagine he's in amazing shape. So I think they could be down to their third left tackle. And then I'm just high on the Seattle Seahawks and, and Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson since 2012, 85, 69 and six against the spread. And he actually breaks that non-conference rule 21, 15 and two against the spread. So it's, it's a bet against these Colts injuries and, and a bet on uh, Seattle. Um, <laughs> so this line, I think Sean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think like when it originally opened up before, you know, the Wentz injury or anything like that. I think the Colts were favored by two and a half points. So it's gone big with the Wentz injury, which is fine. I don't understand this one. You're right. This was my number one as well. And I was talking to you about it. And maybe you can explain it. Do you have these lines sometimes? I do certainly where I look at it and I go, well, this is the public's got to be all over the Seahawks in this game. I imagine this seems like a spread where they are begging you to take the Seahawks. Does that ever make you nervous because I agree with everything you said given the given the injuries to the offensive line given the Wentz Wentz is going to play that's great he's had like no time to get up to speed in this offense or at least have chemistry with any of these receivers which by the way T.Y. Hilton is out so it's Michael Pittman Jr. who I love but no time to get up to speed in this this under a field goal like I don't know does it worry you ever when it feels like they're begging you to take a line Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you kind of have to bring it back to what's your handicap and style. Mine is watch all the games, look at the numbers and, and break it down from there. There's some people who just bet 
strictly, hey, when whenever the public gets up to 80, 90 percent, then yes, that's what you take. Right. And, and there's certainly yep. I, I do factor that in. But in, in this spot, this this uh, Seattle team is just uh, too much to pass up. And again, the Colts, to me, were a, a, I liked fading them on the win total just because they have such a hard like you look at their schedule, those first five games they have out of the gate really a brutal and then you throw in the offensive line injury news and and that kind of centers around some of my other picks i love fading a team with offensive line injury news because you're in the fantasy world when a star player or the quarterback goes down or is injured oh yeah uh, that that it's a lot of fantasy news it's factored into the line it's factored into the public betting but one of the places where I still think there is some value is people that don't keep up with the uh, O-line injury news and just assume like, ah, they're throwing whoever out there and left tackle. But that's the that's a huge difference. We saw Wentz last year dealing with the banged up line. I mean, he looked horrible even when he had time to throw. But the fact that the Eagles started, what, 14 different offensive line combinations didn't help. Uh, Carson Wentz last year. He doesn't have the mobility that he had like in his near MVP season of 2017. So I, I think that's really going to be a huge issue for him. I couldn't agree with this more really. And he's not good. He wasn't good under pressure last year that it's not like the Seahawks have an amazing pass rush or anything like that, but there'll be enough to get after him given the state of that offensive line. Yeah. I, I don't get this one. And also, I mean, even on, we haven't even talked by the way about the other side of the ball, right? Like other than we love Russell Wilson and he's great, but you know, the Colts have a very good defense, assuming even Xavier Rhodes is healthy. I mean, their their secondary is, is fine. They match up fine here, except that they there are two things. Number one, I think we're going to see, Sean, a repeat kind of what we saw last year with the Seahawks, which is they're going to let Russ cook early. Then they're going to lose a couple of games. I've said this on the fantasy podcast. They're going to lose a few games. Their defense is going to be exhausted because somehow letting Russ cook, they had a couple of three and outs. <laughs> the defense got exhausted. Pete Carroll gets and, scared. Uh, <laughs> We've seen Pete Carroll's 70 years old, dude. Like we, we know what Pete Carroll is at this point, right? He's going to be terrified. He's going to be like, all right, we got to run the ball. Got to control that clock. But for now, I do think they are going to let him cook. And the good thing is the Colts don't blitz a ton, 17% of the time last year. And Wilson just carves it up if he has time, man. He's like, he's great. I mean, he's always great. But when not, he had 108 passer rating last year when opposing offenses didn't, uh, defenses didn't blitz. So totally with you. This is our combined betting pros, best bet of the week, we will go with the trap bet. And by the way, this is the only thing I will say about the, the public versus, uh, you know, pros sort of thing. Fading the public, Sean. And by the way, I don't, I haven't seen the split like right now. I don't, I'm just assuming this is going to be a public play, but I haven't seen necessarily the money that's coming in yet, but it's not always wrong, right? Like it, it's the, the books and, and, you know, they, they have like long-term sort of views, but any one game, like it's not like fading the public. It's like, well, if the public reaches this number, you know they lose. Sometimes they win, especially yeah. early on when I think books are still struggling with the models, right? So I, I'm really okay with this. Uh, definitely. And week one especially could be good for the public because there's or, – or someone like myself who comes in with some opinions on the season, on the teams, and, uh, yeah, there's some value there for sure. Yeah. So you're going to hate this next pick. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm going to lay it out here right now. My guess is you're going to be on the other side of this one and you can be it. And we talked about being a Homer. Okay. Yes. Do you know my, the team I root for Sean? Yes. Are you aware? Jets. <laughs> it's not been a pretty existence for me in multiple ways, but especially not uh, in my football. I am going to take the jets here getting five and a half on the road uh, against the Panthers. Here's the deal. Sam Darnold revenge game. I totally get it. Uh, McCaffrey is back healthy. 
I get it. I like Terrace Marshall. I like the receivers. I get it. But you just mentioned something about offensive lines, which (laughs) I feel like you're right. The public is like, we don't really care. Does anybody out there understand that Carolina has one of the worst offensive lines in the league? And not only that, but then you're just like, oh, by the way, one of our like better, I guess, offensive linemen. I don't know how you rank them. They're not very good. John Miller. Oh, by the way, you're out with COVID. So they just lost another offensive lineman in what was already an offensive line that is barely hanging on by a thread. So I guess it's going to be Dennis Daly. I I don't even know. It's going to be terrible. Now, it's not like the Jets have this amazing pass rush. If they had Carl Lawson, it would be I'd be a lot better about it. Everybody's going to be on the Panthers on this one. And I completely understand why. But here's the thing uh, about the Jets. I I didn't know how to value Zach Wilson when he came on, but like I was I was very, very hesitant. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't dive deep into film in college football. I need to wait to see it here. I had a lot of people who loved him, a lot of people who didn't like him, but I've watched him closely in this preseason. I and I I think I am just fully in on this. And it's it's scary, but watching him a couple of things. Number one, the game speed does not look like too much for him okay he's got good footwork he's very poised he knows how to kind of get it what what means something to me and maybe this is dumb maybe it's narrative they just came out with the captains he was voted a team captain by his teammates okay I think you had a very Johnny Manziel possibility here with Zach Wilson just given sort of you know his persona his confidence stuff like that it might be there but for me I'm encouraged by what I see I think he's going to have a big game here. They don't have tape on them. They don't know what to expect necessarily from what they're going to see. I think the defense is good enough. And I think Salah can make up for the lack of talent that they necessarily have right now, especially without Lawson. So I don't know, man. I think, I don't know if they're going to win, but I think this is a field goal game. So I'm going to go with it. I imagine like most humans, you think I'm insane, but no, go ahead and make no, your case. I, I was going back and forth on this one. What it came down to me is, do I feel comfortable laying five and a half with Sam Darnold and no offensive line. And I, I, I just can't come to that. I'm with you. I'm also high on Zach Wilson. We yes. had, we had uh, Joe Theismann on our podcast right around the draft and he was super high on Zach Wilson. I ended up watching a bunch of uh, BYU during the season and I- I'm on board. I have Zach Wilson in uh, best ball. Cause I do think they're going to be in some yeah. spots where he can throw a bunch. And again, you bring in Robert Sala, for a reason to get the most out of this defensive talent. And uh, I think they're able to do that. I do like Carolina, you know, this season in fantasy, I'm a big Robbie Anderson uh, guy and uh, you know, having McCaffrey back will certainly help Darnold. But again, just, just watch Sam Darnold last year. And then imagine this guy laying five and a half points (laughs) against any team. Like, can you, can you really feel good about that? You can't. Now, five and a half, again, I, I, you know, uh, the guy who co-hosted Matt Perrell, hosted Daily Juice podcast, he was always like, I don't know, man, between four and five and a half, that's like the dead zone. I feel like the books don't really know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it, so I stay away. And and I do get that. To me, though, yeah, it, it is in the realm of possibility that Robbie Anderson has a giant monstrous game as he and Darnold stick it to the Jets, right? Like, it's totally fine, totally possible. But I don't know, dude, I think right now, without anybody really knowing what they're going to see, from the Jets with Elijah Moore getting healthy. Corey Davis has looked fantastic. I know the running backs aren't awesome or anything like that, but you do have enough depth there. Tevin Coleman is serviceable. Ty Johnson's looked fine. You've got Michael Carter. I don't know if P. Ryan's going to play, but the the offensive system with LaFleur, I, I really do think, and again, the Jets back in the Rex Ryan days, they had a lot of talent on defense, obviously, but you can make up 
for not that much talent if you have a really good defensive coach, which I think Salah is. So I think the Jets are going to come here. I think they're going to surprise some people. Again, I'm not predicting the win. Although if I take a team uh, under a touchdown, yep. I don't know about you, Sean. I'll probably you got, you got you got to put a little on that money line. Got to do it. And, bit, and again, you predicting that people will be on the Panthers, I think, is is the smart way to go. I would hang around. I don't think you have to bet this one early. I, I think there maybe is a chance you get it up to six points if you're just going to be taking the points. And one last point, I, I think the Jets are building their team the right way. I, unlike you look at the Giants, who in the first round are yeah. drafting Kadarius Tony. You know, Jets are Jets are putting uh, investing draft capital in the offensive line. You got Makai Becton and Elijah yep. Vera Tucker. That's the kind yes. of foundation you want blocking, uh, uh, you know, for a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson. So and, and I'm super high on Salah as a coach. Yeah. I, I mean, what's interesting is the offensive line really didn't play that well this preseason, but I'm, I'm throwing it out like Beckton had a weird preseason. He just cleared concussion protocol, so he should be fine. But they have a lot of talent there. They did. They did it the right way, which they didn't do for pe- poor Sam Darnold. So yeah. they didn't invest anything offensively. I will say it's funny. It might climb, but there are I'm looking again at bettingpros.com uh, consensus lines. The consensus line is five and a half. The overwhelming majority of books are at five and a half. But to the extent they're not, they're actually at five Bet MGM. Oh, okay. FanDuel, they're at five. So I would wait. Now it's 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 priced down a little bit. It's like minus 104 a little bit. On the money line, it's 190 right now, consensus for the Jets. So you can get 210 at like DraftKings and stuff like that, plus 190. So yeah, I'll be sprinkling on it, but good. All right, glad. I, I was almost certain everybody's going to be like, come on, you're Homer. And if people have listened to this podcast for the last couple of years, I never picked it. Like I'm not somebody who picks the Jets. In week one, with little tape, with some optimism that I'm I'm allowing myself until it all gets smashed this week. I'm going to take him. Go to bet number two. What do you got? Okay, bet number two, another uh, non-conference game. This time I'm fading uh, the uh, the road team, and I'm taking the home team. Give me the Tennessee Titans laying three points against the Arizona Cardinals. This, to me, is, is really based on the, uh, you know, I like this as a fantasy game as well for Tannehill. If you're looking to put him in some stacks with uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, I, I think it's a good bet really this is just a bet against this uh, Cardinal secondary which had issues before uh now you you throw in the fact that they lost uh Darquez Denard and then Malcolm Butler randomly retired uh, they're starting a cornerback Byron Murphy who hasn't played since 2018 these are the kind of teams I like to go against uh I'm not I'm not a massive uh Kyler fan on the road I think Vrabel is is a better coach as well, I think they have an advantage there. And then Titans, you look at their non-conference uh, record, 27-16 against the spread in non-conference home games. It's a bit of a travel uh, situation here for the Cardinals as well. So Tennessee only being minus three, I, I think, is a really good spot. Hopefully they get a little bit of a pass rush with Bud Dupree. But I think this is just going to be them outscoring the Cardinals. So it's interesting because I feel like for me, I don't know necessarily what to expect other than I will say this. My second bet, I'll just throw it in here. This was not on my original board. This was a backup in case I knew that Sean was going to take that Seahawks bet, which <laughs> I should have figured was the fact that I this is a high total. It's 52 and a half. I'm still going over. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't love it. Absolutely. Like I'm not. It's not something I'm, I'm going nuts. It's 51 and a half right now as I'm looking at the consensus lines on bet MGM. And Party Casino, that that is something that I would be more likely to say. It's 52 at Fox Bet, 52 at Points Bet, but 52 and a half. That's at my book, DraftKings, and total. I'm still going over with it because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, like this is just going to be 
I think it's going to be pretty much a shootout. Like I really do think, and I think in the best case scenario for Tennessee, they get off to a really hot start in the game because they're home fans, by the way, this is something like, we're not discussing the fact that there are going to be fans at these games. And I think right last year it was like, wow, all the scoring that's because the opposing team would come into these stadiums and they could hear, they could do whatever they want. Right. They could audible at the line, no big crowds, no big deal. It doesn't matter. It led itself to offense for this. I think generally speaking, might be a little bit of a lower scoring week than we usually expect, except this game, which I am just basically thinking like they are just going to go back and forth down the field. Neither defense is particularly good. Both offenses are absolutely explosive. But that's the one thing for me, Sean, that that gives me hesitation. If I have to choose a side, I would take the Titans minus three. But my worry just is like, are they going to be able to stop the Cardinals? Or, Or do you just think like their offense essentially is just going to be so unstoppable that you're not even worried about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think the, you know, Titans do have injury concern as well. Again, that's why I put this. That's why I did a lot of uh, stacking uh, in my Millie maker lineup from this game, because there's the game script could be, like you said, the shootout. I I, I'm with you on the total there as well. Going over to me, ultimately the non-conference aspect, the coaching advantage. And I think I, 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 I'm more confident in Tannehill than Kyler Murray on the road. Mm-hmm. I know Kyler Murray's claiming he's not going to scramble as much this year. He doesn't want to get banged yeah, up. Yeah, right. He kind of yeah. he had a really good year last year in the first half, and mm-hmm. then once he got banged up, not quite as good. If he's going to hold true to that and be a little hesitant to scramble, I think that benefits the Titans, and maybe that maybe that benefits the Cardinals long term and that he stays healthy longer but i i I do think in the short term if he's going to stay true to his word and not scramble as much i i want the tennessee action all day yeah i look forward to him keeping his word for about half of the first quarter before right i mean but i look again i'm not i'm not criticizing the side either way i do think that that's the right side if i'm going to go one way or the other for me it's much more about the fact that like what was the tyson quote everybody's got a plan until Until they they get get punched in the the mouth yeah right yeah (laughs) That's what I think. Murray's got a plan not to scramble and whatever. And that's going to be all well and good until they're down 17 points right in the middle of the second quarter. And then he's like, I got to make stuff happen and everything like that. So I think that might be a long term thing, but I get it. But I do think the over I think this is going to be a shootout. Like, I, you know, value wise, Sean, like when it, if it hits 53, if it hits 53 and a half, like I know people hear that and people who aren't like really sophisticated betters, they're like, what do you mean? Like, you're like really excited. Like you're picking the over on 52 and a half. You're excited about that. But if it goes up like half a point or a point, you're going to be a little off it. Yeah. That, that half a point or a point is monstrous every single time you bet. But for me, I I'm, I'm with you that it's going to be high scoring. So I'm going with my second bet again, for basically the reasons that you said, essentially over 52 and a half. So we can go back to you now for the third one and then I'll finish mine out. I'll recap, then we'll just hit everything that we haven't hit yet. Awesome. Uh, my third and final pick, give me the New England Patriots laying three uh, against the Dolphins. And uh, maybe I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but again, there are serious, uh, you know, injury COVID issues here for the Miami Dolphins. First off, Will Fuller is still uh, serving that one game suspension. Now oh. they just lost their left tackle, Austin Jackson. He's on the COVID list. Also, uh, Adam Shaheen. Uh, I, I'm not a, a huge Tua backer. I, I have to see it from Tua before I'm really going to take him on the road in a, in a division game. Tua last year, 2020, he was only 6.3 yards per attempt. And, uh, you know, New England won this game last year at home. But really, I, I think the New England defense is going to be revitalized. Of course, getting uh, Dante Hightower back, Patrick Chung back uh, from the opt-outs. And New England 
coming back to the uh, offensive line quietly, one of the better offensive lines in the league. And again, I think that's kind of why they went with Mac Jones. They felt confident giving uh, McCorkle the, uh, that's actually his, uh, his, his real name is, is McCorkle. He shortened it to Mac. New England's <laughs> offensive line. I, I think that's why, uh, you know, Belichick feels confident starting a rookie is that he's going to be able to sit back there. They're going to give him easy looks. They're going to pound the rock with Damian Harrison and, uh, you know, even Stevenson getting involved in there and Miami's defense, who I test to me, I always kind of liked them last year, but then when I was doing my off season stuff and really digging deep, they really benefited from a, a kind of unsustainable turnover differential. And you expect that to kind of regress back to something more reasonable. And you look at their yards per game. They were 22nd in yards per game last year. Their defense at 21 or sorry, 251 and a half. But really the Miami rush defense on the road led up 132 yards per game. I think their uh, Patriots are going to pound the rock and then set up some easy play action for Mac Jones. And uh, they're going to get this W. So minus three, I'm all in. Yeah, so the total on this game, which is understandable, is one of the lowest totals on the board, if not the single lowest total, is 43 and a half. Okay, so this is going to be a low score. Oh, no, it's 42 at the Broncos Giants, which is more understandable, frankly. <laughs> but uh, 43 and a half with uh, our consensus line over here. So this strikes me as a, as a, as a close game that's going to be decided within a field goal, which is why I don't really love it either way. Do you, I mean, this is a rookie. A man, a rookie was named the starter like a week ago, making his first start. I get that he's home against the team that was, again, you're right. They weren't as good as they played last year. Two of them struggled a lot last year. They're down Will Fuller. I think we're going to see like better. I think we're going to see a big jump here from Tua as he gets further away from the hip injury that sort of limited last year and just more comfortable with him understanding he got to throw into coverage sometimes to make it happen. So long-term for the season, I, I am on Tua. I do think that the Pats defense... Because I think people are like, well, Gilmore's up, blah, blah, blah. But I think you're right. I think they're underrated at this point. But I don't know, man. I don't I don't feel that confident. I, I don't think either side is the right side. I, this would be a total stay away for me. Well, but for me, I'm surprised you trust Mac Jones. Well, I, I trust Mac Jones because he's not – I mean, this guy has played in some big games in Alabama. Normally, a rookie making his debut in the NFL is going to be one of the biggest games he's ever played. Not for yeah. Mac Jones. And you again, you talk about the fan base getting back. It does seem like uh, Bill Belichick is just itching to get some early W's to kind of counterbalance the the narrative that Brady was really the guy and not him. You know, he's just itching to do whatever it takes to get into the playoffs. And then the final you know answer or, or final reason why I feel comfortable with it is Bill Belichick versus a former coach. Now, Flores, I think, is the outlier as far as like Belichick disciples who. I think are good coaches and have had success. But if this game was in Miami, I'd be all over the dolphins because the Patriots usually struggle down there, but early in the season at home, friendly crowd and the, you know, the dolphins left tackle being out. Don't sleep on this uh, Patriots pass rush. I I think they could get to Tua and and really make things interesting for him. All right. Well, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to watch it. I'll be rooting for you on the sidelines as will my (laughs) entire crazy Patriots loving family. Okay. My final one, I'm going to a total here. Okay, I actually find the spreads, especially early on, man, I think the lines aren't that net. Like, they're not as sharp, obviously, as they're going to be in a few weeks when the books start getting more and more data, of course. But I still find it really tough because I really feel uncertain about what we're going to see. I am going to a total, though. I, It's your team. Good, sir. It's your team. I don't know how I feel about the game and the spread, but I do like the total. I'm a little surprised that the Eagles and Falcons 
are only at 48. I mean, that's not a that's not a low total or anything like that, but I kind of thought it would be higher. I'm going over here with the consensus line at 48. There is a 48 and a half out there at FanDuel, but 48 is the consensus. I think we kind of throw out what we saw last year from Hertz just generally as the quarterback. They've been able to design the offense around him throughout this entire offseason, all the rumors aside with Deshaun Watson. Like they've known for in my opinion that Hertz is going to be the guy. They have better pass catchers with Devonta Smith. Zach Ertz is fully healthy. Rager has now looked good after like all those rumors in the early part. The offensive line is obviously better. Hertz can scramble. That's going to extend drives and I think allow them to put up some points, especially if they fall behind, which I kind of expect them to. A little bit, Sean, like how I was thinking of the Titans and the Cardinals, where it's like the Titans get out to a big lead. I just think like Murray might just start running wild and create some plays and put up some points. I could see the same thing here with Hertz because again, with the Falcons, I think they're they're not going to be a very good team. Their defense is a very good, but I do think that even though you know, Arthur Smith doesn't run and gun, I think what he does do a ton is play action. Tennessee was the you know had the most play action percentage uh, in their offense of any team last year. He's going to bring that to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is for, that's just good for an offense anyway. It's going to make them more effective. But it's particularly good for Matt Ryan who had, when he was with uh, Shanahan. Obviously, a lot of motion, a lot of play action. He had his best year of his career. I expect him to actually be pretty solid. And again, I mentioned this earlier. Unders, I think, as a general matter, are the better bet in week one because I do think it's going to be a little crazy for these road teams to come on and be like, holy cow, fans are screaming at me. But I don't know, man. At 48, I think this is going to be a lot of points being put up here. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100% on board. I'm usually not a, like a massive total player, but when these uh, week one lines came out and we broke, we immediately broke them down and kind of gave our instant reaction. Th- this total opening up at this price was just to me comically low as a guy who follows the team. I mean, on the Eagles' offensive side of the ball, their their O line. Every, all the starters are healthy. He's going to have plenty of time to throw. They're going to yep. drop some simple, easy stuff for him. I think they're going to be able to move the ball against Atlanta. Now flip it over to the other side. What do the Eagles struggle with? Well, they have a pretty decent defensive line, but really the back end is where there are the most questions. They have a new scheme coming in. Calvin Ridley, I am high on him. Uh, fantasy, even week one. You know, Slay yep. is like a, a solid cornerback one, but he struggled. We've seen Devontae Adams. We've seen DK Metcalf have big games against him. And lastly, we really struggled last year uh, against the tight end. I mean, George Kittle had a massive game against us. And Kyle Pitts, you know, Rodney McLeod, one of the safeties, he's coming off a, a pretty rough injury. Didn't have much of a preseason or a training camp. He should start. They brought over Anthony Harris. But again, it's new team, new defense. I could see them struggling. This to me just, again, has shootout written all over it. And I think, uh, you know, dark horse DFS play that I've just been crowbarring on every podcast is Quez Watkins at $3,000. If you're looking to put together a Millie maker lineup in DraftKings, you could do worse than Quez Watkins. We saw him break one in the preseason with a screen pass to Joe Flacco. Uh, Hertz almost got him on a, a deep ball that he he was open. They were just like a half second off. I think I can I can tell you this for a guy that is priced at DraftKings at three thousand dollars. I can guarantee you uh, he gets like six targets. So I think he's going to be involved in the offense. Has a chance to break it. And and same with Miles Sanders. He didn't have an amazing year last year and certainly underperformed his his round one uh, drafting and and probably annoyed a lot of fantasy owners. But he. Uh, 
he certainly has the ability to crack, you know, break open a big 75, 80 yard run. So I think there's huge potential for big plays on both sides of the ball. So I'm, I'm all over the over with you here. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm not going to touch the side. We'll talk about that in, in two minutes about how you feel about the side, but yeah, there's going to be points here. I, I feel pretty confident in that. So that is one of my favorites. So let's just very quickly recap. I'll do it again. At the very end of the podcast, you like, we both love the, the bet of the podcast. Sean is Seattle laying two and a half to the Colts. Yes. You also like the Titans laying three to the Cardinals and the Pats laying three to the Dolphins, right? Got that? Yep. That was what it was? Yes, yes. good. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it. I was That's just uh, I was double checking that I didn't mess up something, but yes. No, I wanted to make sure. And uh, all favorites, all favorites for you. You're getting a little, uh, a little yeah, crazy a little, there. A little like... square Sean over here. I, I don't mind yeah. taking favorites, you know, kind of under under three to me is almost, you know, when you're when you're taking a favorite under three in the NFL, I'm not too worried about it. I do have some some dogs I like that we're going to rattle through here on the card. But yeah, Wonderful. small favorites early on in the season. I, I'm on board. All right. So my three best bets are, of course, the Jets never go wrong relying or rooting for the Jets. <laughs> Trust me, getting five and a half from the Panthers, the Titans and the Cardinals over 52 and a half points and the Eagles and the Falcons over 48 points. So again, I will recap that once more at the very end of the podcast just so everybody gets them. But those are the official betting pros podcast, six best bets of the week. I love it. Again, you can hear more. I'm, we're going to break down every game. We're going to break down props on the betting pros YouTube channel, youtube.com slash betting pros from 11 a.m. Eastern to 12 p.m. on that channel, me and Matt Peralt. All right, let's run through, uh, Sean, all the spreads and just let me know you have a lean on one side or is it a stay away for you? And again, this is coming out. This is Wednesday, so we can talk about the Thursday game. The spread on the Bucks cowboys game is now eight. Do you like either side on that game? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all in on the Bucks again. Uh, Super Bowl winner coming off uh, the Super Bowl at home. Uh, the, very good against the spread. I think it's like five and one, six and one. I got it when it opened at six. I still like it at eight. Uh, Dak uh, is not hundred uh, percent healthy and they got issues on their offensive line as well with Zach Martin. Yeah. So give me the bucks. I mean, you talk about offensive line issues. That's an offensive line issue, right? Yeah. That's their best offensive lineman being out. And that, remember Lel Collins is going to play, but he's not hundred percent either. So, you know, that offensive line really takes a hit. I agree with you. I will take the bucks minus eight. It, I, I lean that way anyway, but I will say that, I do get a little worried, like it might be like party time, you know, celebrating the Super Bowl and then the Cowboys get a backdoor cover here. But <laughs> yep. I agree with you. That is where I would go. I still feel confident at eight. How about again? We talked about the over under. What about the Falcons laying three to your Eagles at home? Yeah, I mean, certainly I liked it better when it was three and a half, which uh, I think mm -hmm. yesterday was three and a half. I still like it. At yeah, three. There, I've got no. Oh, wait, I've got a couple of three and a half. There's Caesars. Caesars is still three and a half. Uh, there are a couple three and a halfs out there, actually. So, so I, yeah, you if, you, if you can get those three and a halfs, I, I think you do it again. I think this Eagles team is going to surprise some people. And again, our offensive line, defensive line have a chance to be top five, both ends. So I'm, I'm taking the points with the Eagles. All right. I am staying away three and a half. You're right. I, I would be more intrigued by that. And again, I'm looking, the consensus line is three. The overwhelming majority of books are at three, but there are three and a halfs out there for sure. So again, that's why it's always good just to check your sports book. Make sure you get the best lines. I wouldn't mind the Eagles at minus at uh, plus three and a half, but otherwise I'm really not touching it. What about the Lions at home getting seven and a half from the 49ers? <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is one of those games that everyone is going to pick the 49ers in their, in their survivor pool. And then that's why that, that reason alone, I like the lions, the Jimmy G is a seven and a half point road favorite to me is just too crazy. I think, uh, I I think you got to take the lines and the points. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near this um, because, uh, you know, even if even if it looks like the 49ers are going to run with it, I'm worried Dan Campbell's just going to run out there and smack him in the kneecaps or something like that, do something crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think uh, I think that you laid it out correctly, which is the value is actually on the Lions here at seven and a half because you have Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback on the road. There's just no way I'm going to dabble in it. Like, I'm just staying completely away from it. But I do think that that is where the value the game everybody has been talking about for i mean weeks at this point the only thing everybody wants to watch this weekend is of course the texans hosting the jaguars <laughs> laying three points uh what do you what are you doing with this if anything well tyrod taylor as a starter 24 21 and one mm-hmm. I, you the jags were a one-win team now you have a rookie <laughs> quarterback and rookie head coach going on the road as a road division favorite i think on principle alone you have to take the texans that is the correct answer. That's something that I say at, uh, tough, on the fantasy though. podcast a lot where they tease me. Um, yes, I agree with you. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But the value is very clearly on the Texans here. We have not seen very much from the Jaguars right now and everything given the situation that suggests that they're going to be able to, you know, have a, a big time performance here. I, I don't mind the over, by the way. Again, another thing where I was like, under, under, under. And then I'm like, oh, what about all these overs? 44 and a half points. That's pretty low. I do think both sides will be able to put up some points here. But yeah, you're right. Terod Taylor, he's fine. Brandon Cooks is going to get his. They have like 17,000 crappy running backs. They'll be able to move the ball. So we'll see. They did just trade uh, Bradley Roby, but no big deal. We're not going to yeah, talk about that. <laughs> they talked about The Texans have some issues. They, they have one or two issues they will be the worst team in the league but you know what the Jaguars were the worst team in the league last year and that's 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 a great example that Jags Colts game and and I had the Jags uh and the Lions game and the Texans game both kind of look like similar to me similar situations yeah fun fact by the way that reminds me about the Colts as we like the Seahawks the Colts have not won an opener since 2013 so remember that I'm gonna steal that nugget do it um all right the Chargers getting one and a half in Washington. Who do you like? Now, this game is, I think, quietly one of the better games on the board. And you could talk me into either side here pretty easily. Uh, I think early lean here would have to be the uh, Washington football team just because they're at home and it's a crazy flight for a new coach. But yeah, I mean, this this should be a hell of a game. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I mean, I, I thought about taking... Washington plus one here as the home dog as one of my picks. I do like it. It's one of the spreads that I like a little bit more. Again, Washington is going to surprise some people. It came out a little earlier. Now it doesn't sound like Curtis Samuel necessarily is going to play. He was trending up, but sounds like a little bit. It doesn't do that much for me. I think Antonio Gibson's going to be a monster. I love Logan Thomas, of course, Terry McLaurin and Fitzpatrick. There's always the chance of Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick's and it goes terribly (laughs) sideways. I see. But I, yeah, I'm okay. with you. I, I think Fitzpatrick game one, this is where you're like, yeah, the Washington football team, they're going to win the division. And we actually yep. had the uh, one of the directors from WinBet, and they said their biggest MVP liability was Ryan Fitzpatrick, which <laughs> I had to laugh at. I don't think I don't think Fitzpatrick lasts this long. Like, There's a reason he's he's been in this league for how many years, and he only has yeah. one 
winning season starting all 16 games. Uh, yep. I think he eventually hits that Fitz magic wall and we'll see maybe Heineke uh, can kind of carry them. But I think game one is probably his spot. So yeah, leaning, leaning uh, WFTs for sure. And again, we didn't even harp on the fact that Washington has one of the better defenses in the league anyway, right? So, Young, and again, yep. the chart, the chargers are, are changing their system. You know, I know Herbert was great last year, but it was a, it was a very, you know, kind of, rookie friendly offensive system it's a little more complicated what they're doing right now he could definitely struggle early so no for me i think there is value on washington here you know yeah and, and they didn't they didn't play any of their starters in the preseason now you got this crazy road trip i i, I think they could start a little slow look at us we're talking ourselves right into washington am i all right here we go card. new best bet <laughs> replaces the seahawks absolutely um bills laying six and a half at home to the steelers this is another one i i've kind of been going back and forth on the TJ Watt news to me is big. It, you know, I, I was refreshing Twitter right before we got on the uh, the show here. He did practice today, didn't he? I thought yeah, I saw that. Come it across. seems like he's it seems like he's going to play. But just the fact that it's a little up in the air scares me a little bit. I am high on the bills overall this season, but I liked I liked what I saw at a Big Ben, you know, slim down. I think, again, you want to talk about dark horse. Uh, DFS plays that are super cheap. Pat Fryermuth, uh, the Bills struggle with the tight end. I'm high on him this yes. season, so I would take the I would take the Steelers in the points. I, I don't think they're that bad this year. Yeah. By the way, uh, you've mentioned DFS a couple of times. I will uh, just I'll tease everybody should just Google Sean Green and DFS, and <laughs> yes. you will uh, you would like to take his advice. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay, I am with you, but I think there is value on the Steelers. I'm not going near it. I, I'm just not. Because I think the Bills could be absolutely monstrous right now. Sorry if you can hear that. That's my garage door always opens during a podcast. Um, I will take the Bills. Uh, I think the Bills could be explosive. But I will take the Steelers if I have to choose a side. I'm really staying yeah. away from it. How about the Vikings laying three and a half to the Bengals in Cincinnati? Yeah, again, this is uh, one where it's like way too obvious and it kind of scares you because why, in my mind, why, who, who's taking the Bengals there? I think the Bengals are getting a lot of kind of fantasy hype uh, because they're expected to throw the ball a ton and you have Joe Burrow paired up with Jamar Chase. Ch Chase kind of had a down preseason. We'll see if that actually matters. To me, uh, it seems like Joe Burrow doesn't trust his knee yet. And if Joe Burrow doesn't trust his knee, I'm not going to trust his knee. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins here. It's not in prime time. I, I think they get the, the job done. There are a few threes out there, which I obviously like better for the push potential, such yep. as points bet and stuff like that. But still, I, I agree with you. I will take the Vikings. I, I talked about in fantasy the whole year. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow start here for Burrow as he just gets more mentally acclimated to the NFL again after the injury. I think Jamar Chase, after taking a year off from football, is going to get off to a little bit of a Slow start. So I could see the Vikings winning handily here. So I lean Vikings plus uh, minus three and a half as well. We already talked about the Jets Panthers. It, you love that bet. You fully support it. So let's go to <laughs> the Saints getting the Packers. Sorry, the Packers laying four and a half to the Saints in New Orleans. It's not in New Orleans. It's going to be in Florida, but obviously it's a home game for the Saints. So Packers laying four. Yeah, man, this is uh, this one is on my list of like really been hemming and hawing as far as uh, figuring out the best angle. Again, Aaron Rodgers has struggled in Florida, and that's kind of why the reason, uh, according to reports, that's why the Saints picked it is because he hasn't played right well down in Florida. And early in September, if there is someone that has experience playing in that Florida Heat in September, it's a guy like Jameis 
Winston. But again, then then you have the Saints Dome team going outside. And then are you really going to take Jameis over uh, Aaron Rodgers? That feels a bit crazy as well. I, I think this could be a, a my lean would be the uh, over here on this one. But I, I gun to my head, I would just take the uh, the points. Yeah, I am probably just staying away from it. Like, I don't I, I, I can easily make the case for the Packers in this game because I think that you get out of the Superdome. That's a pretty big move like there to go, even if it's Florida, you know, where he purportedly struggles. The over or under, by the way, consensus is 50 points. So uh, I'm I'm staying away from it. But if I had to go one way, I'd probably go the other way. And I'd probably go with the favorite, which is weird for us since you love all the favorites. Um, All right, let's get to the next game. And that is we did that one. We did that one. Sorry. How about the Broncos laying three to the Giants in New, New Jersey? Ooh, yeah. And again, this one, I've been kind of keeping an eye on the injury news slash arrest news with uh, Bradley Chubb, who, yeah. you know, it, it seemed on Tuesday he was going to play at him and Fant. And now it seems like he's closer to not playing, but Fant is still going to play to yeah, me. The, the the matchup that I just can't uh, unsee or unthink about is the the Broncos pass rush against the giants. I mean, I'm not high on Daniel Jones or their offensive line. I mean, their offensive line was really bad last year. It feels like they didn't do anything uh, to seriously address it. He turns the ball over all the time and you have Bridgewater on the other side who plays a really clean game. So I'll take the Broncos. Absolutely. Correct. I I completely agree with you. I think the giants are going to be in big trouble in this game, especially Saquon isn't hundred percent. Galladay is not hundred percent. That offensive line is terrible. And by the way, the consensus line is three. That's where it is at most books. Bet MGM and FanDuel, it's minus two and a half. So get all over that. Yes, get all over that if you're in there. Browns visiting the Chiefs. The Chiefs are six-point favorites. What do you think? Yeah, this one, again, kind of keeping it chalky. I I know everyone's high on the Browns, think they can make a run. But Andy Reid, opening day, yes, Andy Reid. I think he's 19-0, last 19 games straight up in September. You got Patrick Mahomes not laying more than double digits. And I big picture, I do think the Chiefs kind of fixed their offensive line, which was a huge issue for them. They got some work in the preseason. He played his starters. Uh, I think they're looking pretty good. Um, and, you know, the the Browns defense is solid and obviously high in Miles Garrett and some of the other guys they got. But I, I think this is a statement game for the Chiefs after that Super Bowl loss entirely with you and i like the browns this year a yeah. lot I'm, I'm totally buying them absolutely but you're gonna give me patrick mahomes in this game after that super bowl with andy reed in september at under a touchdown i'm i'm definitely taking it in fact i really should have pivoted to that game frankly <laughs> after the death but it's fine i'll take a bunch of over-unders all right rams at home laying seven and a half to the bears yeah i'm taking the i'm taking the points here I know uh, people are worried about the Bears, their offensive line. I, I still think uh, fantasy-wise, I do like David Montgomery. I, I think he keeps them in the game enough. And again, it's you know Stafford, new system, new head coach. Maybe there's a couple things they got to work out there. I, you could apply the same thing uh, to the Bears, but it's it's week one, Sunday night football, uh, national TV. I think there's going to be a ton of Bears fans there. So I, I think they get up for this game enough to keep it within seven. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I think if I have to go, I look, I just I 
I, I fear for Andy Dalton and what it, things are going to look like. In, in, in my game. in my head, it's Justin Fields. I get it. I, I so get it. You're right. Andy Dalton in prime time, probably a good reason to fade. The number just seems a hair high. I get it. The number the number is correct. I think because it is something. You're over a touchdown. It's really tough. But for me, I love Matthew Stafford. I'm very high in the Rams, as most people are this year. I love that defense. I fear for Andy Dalton. So I'm I'm willing to bite the bullet a little bit and lay the points. Final game. The Raiders getting four and a half from the Ravens in Las Vegas. Yeah, this is another one. It's hard to go against a Monday night home dog opening up the stadium. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm really going back and forth here on this one. Yeah. I, I would my lean would be right now of Raiders, but I, I could change my mind by Monday. It, this one's tough because. You know, the the Baltimore offense has had so many issues, injuries, yeah. everything. But then are you really going to back this this Raiders team, which has had, a, you know, a weird offseason as well? I got, you know, all things being equal, I think you should take a Monday night football home dog at four and a half. But I'm not a huge Gruden or Raiders fan. Yeah, I'm staying away. But if forced to go one way, I I actually would go with the Raiders, because I think that place is going to be nuts. And I don't think that everybody else is ready for it. Also, frankly, I mean, what, Baltimore, the Ravens get to spend a couple days in uh, Vegas, right, leading up to it uh, whenever they travel out there. That that might mess with you a little bit. So, yeah, right? All right, so we've got a couple of things. Let's just very briefly, again, recap the official plays. You've got the Seahawks laying two and a half against the Colts, the Titans laying three to the Cardinals, and the Pats laying three to the Dolphins. I am taking the Cardinals and the Titans over 52 and a half. The Falcons and the Eagles over 48 and the Jets length five and a half to the Panthers. If you want to sub out one of my over-unders because you're like, I don't accept over-unders as a pick, that's fine. My other one would be the Chiefs length six to the Browns. I could also be convinced to take the Washington football team laying one to the Chargers. Sean, this was yes. great. I oh, loved kicking awesome. it off. I loved it. I loved it. Remind everybody where they can find all of you and your work and all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. We actually just, uh, our network, SGPN, we launched an app. So uh, that's the easiest way to get all our picks, podcasts. It's all for free. We're doing a contest that's free to enter. Uh, You have a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1. You have to pick uh, a bunch of things correct. So it's a it's a long shot, but again, it's free. The podcast free, the picks are free. So SGPN in the App Store, Google Play Store. Give us a follow on Twitter at Gambling Podcast, and uh, yeah, let it ride. Let's go, baby. Week one. It, it feels like going back to school. If school was so uh, being a degenerate sports gambler, <laughs> it is. And it last, especially after last year, where it was just this weird kind of weird thing cloud. that was, you know. Now it's just it's all gravy. Home it's free. all wonderful. All right. I really appreciate coming on. And you guys, by the way, you should be following Sean. You should be following the Sports Gambling Network and podcast. They're hilarious, by the way. It's not only just entertaining. They give great advice. So really appreciate you coming on. We will have you back for sure. I We will exchange picks beforehand so that we don't have to worry about me uh, randomly going like somewhere it. else. And around. I'm going to I'm going to put in a parlay of our uh, of our official five. So we'll see. Maybe I come back. Right. and uh, Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm in. I'm in. Totally. All right. So again, we will be back here uh, on Monday, giving us an early look at the lines. In the meantime, enjoy your week one football, everybody. And we will catch you next week.